Alright, so that's how the process is made. Right? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> the fourth wall has been destroyed for you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 95 of Cali Brick Click. And remember, before we get into it, you can find this episode on previous episodes, not only on YouTube, but Spotify, iHeart, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you find your podcast. And like always, we have Ninja with Batman. I'm not Batman. <laughs> we have Claire, the Plastic Architect. Hi, guys. And this week, we have one of the most positive people in the leg community. <laughs> Jonathan, mini superheroes today. How's it going, dude? Hey, things are really well, and thanks for that intro. It's a lot to live up to. It's true. I don't like ever see you not smile anywhere. <laughs> well, when we talk about the lack of DC sets these days, that'll get me frowning. But uh, no, I just, uh, I don't know. Life's too short to not try to see the positive side of things when you can. So that's my philosophy, and I'm sure we'll break it down more as we get into it. That's, no, right. that's yeah, a good philosophy. Yeah. There's always positivity found in negative situations, right? I don't know. I still right. see you smiling when of the lack of DC stuff, but your eyes are sad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'll take that concession. <laughs> You're still smiling though. Um, but yeah, so how's everyone's week been? We already know where Jonathan's been within the past month. So, uh, but you guys, how are you guys doing? It's normal over here. Staying busy. Um, I'm good. I, what's it called? Just working away. Launched some stickers. I'm going to plug my, my stickers here. It's a lot of yes. fun. Um, you're behind shy. Well, I was yeah, no, a batch I, order. I didn't want to just order one at a time. I'm like waiting for really it. No, I um I went to go like so Jonathan and I like designed like a bunch of like different modulars and stuff like that because there's like no modular merch that exists. And so I was like, okay, I'll make these like I made these like sticker I will basically I made these designs, we made them into stickers. Now I'm like, okay, I want to do something else with them. And then I was like, okay, let's do keychains. I got like an estimate for keychains and they're like $500. So I'm debating getting keychains or not. I know it's a lot. It's a lot of money. It's like Wait, it's just 500 for like the cost of doing them. Like how many comes with the 500 or is that just 50, the cost? 50 comes. What about them. pins? Like enamel pins? Yeah. Yeah. So same with, same with pins are like, they're like kind of around the same price. Okay. The thing that I'm finding is that like, if I want, um, and American, like, and like something made in the U S if I want it to be good quality, then like my margins are going to be really low, which is like totally fine. This isn't like a for profit thing. This is just like for funsies. And, um, I'm basically like breaking even at every point. Like I, there's no, I'm never in the green or I'm just like right there. And which is totally fine. The thing is, is that like, I, I don't understand you see all the time, like on Instagram and on Etsy or whatever, you see these people that are successful at making like stationery and planner and they just like sell tchotchkes. And I like, don't understand how these people make money. Like I just, I, I cannot wrap my mind around it because the yes, cost they know of something we don't. Well, just the cost of producing stuff is so high and granted, you know, they're like marketing it in like a much like better and like bigger and like whatever. And they're having like tens of thousands of orders and stuff, but still like it's, people are like oh like just stay home and like you know have a stationary store on etsy i'm like i don't I just, anyway it's fine so one of my friends he he owns and founded move of silence which is like a really big patch and like pin company now so okay. underground but he's like super successful he worked with me at urban he still works for the company but mm -hmm. uh, i asked him like dude are you outsourcing all this like where's this all coming from so a lot of the stuff that he gets done they're they're done by people that he knows so it, it's not like he went to a company that he's paying whatever their pricing is he's actually getting hooked up 
So that's his, like that's wholesale. how he was able to afford and get right, it. yeah. So that's how it was in the beginning. Now he's making so much money, he doesn't he could literally charge whatever and it's working for him. But the upfront cost in the beginning wasn't as high as what you just said, five hundred dollars for fifty pins. That's a lot. Your network it's is a lot, your yeah. Net worth, like, as they say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it, there it doesn't it's you're still like a consumer. You're not like it's not P to it's not B to B. It's still like you're still a client and you're still it, it's I don't know. Maybe I just like don't understand the industry enough, but it is fascinating how different it is from like what I what I do normally and it's been like a lot of fun. But um anyway. Jonathan, do you have any merch? Uh, I have like a Teespring store, so it's like print mm -hmm. on demand with the logo and stuff. And I know there's quite a few of those floating around out there, but I've never like uh, like handling the merch myself through my own house. Um, I suppose outside of like my printed bricks, but that's not really merch because I don't really sell those. It's more of a giveaway type thing. But yeah, no merch, but it's something that I'm looking into for next year. Uh, it's part mm -hmm. of my 2023 business plan. So yeah. we'll see how it rolls out. I saw Mr. Boogie Boo City in person yesterday. I saw that on your oh story. Oh my God, it's so yeah, good in real life. So like Mr. Boogie Boo and Heather's Bricks, they were doing some like SoCal tour, visiting all the Lego stores. I was invited. I was going to go, but life. But he did this thing at his house at, at the very end of it. And well, one of the things I got to see was his his city and Mr. Boogie Boo City, who was also a guest on the show and is really like pretty much one of like an inspiration to many city builders out there, especially for doing depth and lights and stuff like that. Um, working with a small space. It's I get it now. Like I, I, I kind of like was like, why are, like my friends, like, you know, Claire or Emily or, or Sans, when they come in, they're like, whoa. And I'm like, you kind of have like all of this, like what, what makes it different? But like, just, just seeing it in a different way, like you, you see it online and you see it in person is like a totally different thing. Yeah. And then, so I got to experience that with like seeing it in a really different way was, was awesome. I just wanted to share that. I was like, whoa, this is cool. But I know I was so happy. Like I was a kid in the candy store, even though I had all those things. Well, so who's, wait, whose Lego cities have, whose like Lego rooms have you ever gone into? Just his. <laughs> yeah. You guys so see mine. Some, some Nashville, few people on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely down. I haven't seen anybody on YouTube except for his. It's so mm -hmm. much fun to go to someone else's space. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we've gone, we like, we've been really lucky and traveled a lot in the last year and got to see like, you know, I think yours was probably the first one that we went to see shy. Mm -hmm. And that was like really exciting. And then we've gotten to see Emily's and Josh and um, Hive and like a few, I feel like a few others. And like, I, we just went to Ryan's place. Um, and it's, it's so much fun, but it's also like everything, everybody's is unique in their, in their own way. Even if you like have the same city or if you have whatever it is. And it's just like so fun to be in someone's space who has like the same hobby and passion that you have. And anyway, it's, it's definitely something very special. Yeah. You almost got to see mine because you guys almost came to Nashville. I know. I know. We almost did. We had to instead. So we were going to be in Nashville like now, essentially, like actually like a couple weeks ago. And instead, we um, we came to Florida and um, we found a home. So we'll be moving to Florida at some point, which is exciting. Congratulations! Breaking news. Yeah, to find off. I've been I've been talking about it like crazy mm -hmm. for like two years, or like basically ever since like day one of doing this podcast. I've been complaining about housing prices in the Bay Area. And how I want out of my two bed, two bath condo, which I love, but it's too small. 
And if anybody's asking, she's still going to own that place. So technically, she's still Cali. <laughs> so it's still Cali. I know that question's yeah. going to come up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be going back and forth. Um, um, unfortunately, we're going to take on that that kind of lifestyle because we have family in too many different places. And so we're going to, we're going to try, we're going to try as long as we can to do that. We'll see how. Well, that's, that's what Claire wants you to think guys, what it actually is. If she doesn't want to rebrand the show, it's actually cheaper for you to own the condo than it is to rebrand this very show. So Makes sense. You know, we, we can see through it, but we'll, we'll give it to you. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of a home, you recently just visited Lego Mecca at the Lego house and all that stuff. Yeah. So the full backstory, uh, I just got back a number of days ago from Beelen, Denmark, which of course is where Lego originated in the 1930s. And it's where the headquarters is today. It's where all the Lego history has happened. And uh, I was able to go there as a part of fan media days, which is something that the Lego ambassador network hosts. And just to add working definitions as we go along, the Lego ambassador network is Lego's platform where they work with, you know, YouTube channels, content creators, bloggers, so on and so forth um, on upcoming releases. And it's just kind of a um, relatively informal partnership, but it is a, I suppose, exclusive thing to be in because you have to apply. Uh, but anyways, it's uh, Fan Media Days, which is hosted as a part of the Lego Ambassador Network. Um, and basically, it was an opportunity for us to get to go to the headquarters to meet with and interview some set designers to see next year's products. But yeah, it was really, really exciting and the trip of a lifetime. Um, I think the biggest takeaway was just how small of a town Beeland is. It's very, very, very small. Right. Um, and if you don't go, if you do go to Beeland, whatever you do, don't stay at the Legoland Pirates Hotel. Uh, I'm grateful to say I'm pretty well traveled. That may be the worst hotel experience <laughs> I've ever had. But uh, aside from that, it was a really amazing trip to see, you know, Lego House with all of the interactive exhibits they have there. And of course the Lego history vault in the basement was just mind blowing. Uh, and then we also got to tour the Lego ideas house, which is private Lego owns it. And you can only go in there if a, I suppose certain ranking Lego employee takes you through. That was pretty amazing too. It's like Lego's private history museum. So we got to stand in Ole Kirk's office uh, we got to see all of the original wooden toys from the first ever Lego yo-yo all the way up through the plastic bricks now. Uh, it was an unbelievable experience there, too. But, uh, yeah, the whole trip was amazing. And, you know, we could dive into just about anything you want as long as it doesn't deal with future sets that aren't known yet. I can't talk about that. It's but I can talk about anything else. From the food. <laughs> The food. Oh, How was yes. the food? I, I was watching you. I was like, I hope you're being genuine about this. Like, was the food good? Like in that little Lego brick? Because I thought I heard there was like three different restaurants you can choose from. And you chose that one, the one that the interactive brick one. Um, I don't really know much about the other two other than like hearsay. Um, why'd you choose that yes. one? Yes. So I have, I, I want to say triple integrity when it comes to talking about food. Because... <laughs> Especially this food, like in a Lego setting, because of course, you know, you trust me as a source in the Lego community. 
but I also just last month started a food blog on Instagram called Can't okay. Buy Me Lunch. And so oh, now fun. I have to wear the food critic hat and I can't, you know, just not about that. But then there's also my personal integrity that allows me to sleep at night. So with all of that in mind, I do have to say that the Lego house restaurant mini chef was absolutely awesome. I mean, okay. I texted Jetty, who is my videographer and video editor that went with me. I texted him last week and I'm like, Dude, I just got a craving for the chicken at the mini chef restaurant at Lego house. Like it was, it really was good. Honestly. Um, I will say that some of the food in Denmark was pretty lackluster, but that meal was definitely exceptional. And, uh, man, now I'm craving that chicken again. If you ever get to go, you have to eat at the mini chef restaurant. Don't, don't skip out. Everything's expensive in Denmark. Like, um, you know, it was so funny when I got in the cab, they don't have Uber or Lyft there. So you have to like cab like the nineties and uh, we got in at like 45 at night. So we got a cab from the airport, which is super tiny. And they drop us off at the Pirates Hotel and it's like raining. It's like 10 o'clock, 1030 at night by this point. And like he drops us off and he's like, yeah, it'll be two seventy five, and I'm like, oh, two dollars and seventy five cents. This is the cheapest ride ever. And he's like, no, two hundred seventy five Danish krone. And I'm like, Oof. what? Because I hadn't done like the the conversion conversions yeah. yet. And honestly, like that isn't really even that much money. But still, like hearing that I got a two hundred seventy five dollar bill as soon as I landed, I'm like, holy crap, am I gonna make it through this week? Like, <laughs> that's twenty six dollars. I just did it. <laughs> Not, it's not that bad, but <laughs> 30 at night after a full day of travel, it's like, yeah. <laughs> also, you like objectively, I'm sure have heard of like how expensive Denmark is. And it's like, it's like, I think it's actually the most expensive country in Europe. And you're like, oh my God, here we go. And to, anyway, that's really funny that like you hadn't preemptively like done the conversion, isn't it? Like it's, it's almost one to 10 essentially, but yeah, it's, it's somewhere in that neighborhood, but it's and the so dollars, funny, you know. The dollar's super strong right now that you were there. So it's like, if anything, I think like if you got had gone like six years ago, it would have been twice as expensive. That would have been a $50 Uber cab or whatever. Here's the funniest thing. I put out a Instagram reel and YouTube short talking about these Lego French fries that they had at Legoland. And they're so cool. They're like French fries that are shaped like two by two bricks and one by four bricks. And so there's a part of this quick video I did where I zoom in on the price and it says 55. So, so many people on TikTok are like, who would pay $55 for a carton of French fries? And it's like, no, it's 55 Danish krone. So it's more like seven-ish US dollars, which honestly is kind of still a lot for yeah. fries, but at least it's not 55 US dollars, you know, like but- LA prices. <laughs> or like, yeah, or like yeah. that's like good. That's like good. It's like theme park pricing as well. Yeah, that's right, yeah. pricing. But honestly, gotta be real. The burger at that restaurant that we went to, I think it was called Stars Restaurant or something. I would put it in my top three meals in Denmark. No joke, like theme park food. Like now, I don't know what that says. Does that mean that the burger was that good, or does that mean that every other meal was that bad? I'll leave that for you to decide. But. <laughs> I find it interesting because Denmark has like some pretty incredible like Michelin star restaurants and they like 
you know, like they've they've won a lot of awards like over and over again. Beeland. I thought yeah, yeah I a lot of that was in Copenhagen. It is, yeah. 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 So, so I guess one other like kind of nuanced thing to talk about about Beeland. If you're ever planning a trip, because I'm thinking like, oh man, let's go, baby. I'm gonna get all kinds of exclusives. I'm gonna ship them home. I can do giveaways, I can do whatnot, I can, you know, whatever. Cause you know, there are sets you can literally only get at like the airport as you're leaving or at Lego house. Well, we got another thing coming because there's one place that you can ship out of Beeland and it's a shell gas station. That's like on the fringe of town. So if that doesn't sound sketchy enough already, right. But can't buy packing material anywhere. How do you pack it to ship home? Wait, so, so how many, did you not bring, you didn't bring an extra suitcase or two? Well, leaving a lot of my clothes and I heard people were doing in that pirates hotel because it's like okay I can replace this six dollar t-shirt from Target I can't ever get another Lego duck set so you're the second you know, person to say that like so I, I didn't have to be made yeah. oh I don't understand why how could you guys show up without extra suitcases well, okay, so 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 the person I met that went to the same thing he yeah. said that it was he if you would have brought an extra bag of luggage, it would have been an extra $120 to bring it back on the plate. Oh, here's okay. the other problem. It's kind of like uh, foresight working out in our favor. So we stopped in London for two days on the way in because we had to have a layover somewhere. And I'm just like, let's get a hotel and let's see London. So we got to go to the Leicester Square Lego store and some other mm -hmm. fun okay. Lego pop-abouts in London, which we could talk about in a little bit if you want. But because we had to go from Nashville to London, London to Denmark, it was just too much with checking an empty bag in and out that I'm like, ah, I'll just ship it home, you know, whatever. And like Shai was saying, you know, if it's going to be another $120, I'd rather just pay that in shipping and have it delivered to my house than wheel through different airports and stuff. We'll get this. The whole trip was awesome. One of the best trips of my life until we were coming home. So we're sitting, my videographer, Jetty and I, we're sitting in one of the meetings uh, on the final day of fan media days and our phones start blowing up from like the airport and travel agents that our flight home was canceled, like not even delayed, just like straight up Thanos snapped. He routed us and blah, blah, blah. And he got sent to Frankfurt, I think, and I got sent to Amsterdam or something. And long story short, the travel agent that I used for us got us on the same flight to Amsterdam. Long, super long story. But we ended up bouncing around so many airports that, like, that checked luggage probably could have gotten lost. Because Europe is notorious for losing bags, like, in Europe. So it, it could have been a nightmare anyways, which oh that's not necessarily the most fun level. thing to talk about tonight. But it's definitely something to think about. It was, like, it was definitely stressful, like, coming off of an awesome, you know, relatively well-paced week with lego to that was you know zero to 60 in like one second but uh yeah it was it was an awesome trip i mean if you ever get the opportunity not even as fan media days just to go as a fan to be in denmark i highly highly recommend it um especially lego house i mean i really don't know how much more of an ultimate lego fan experience there can be between the history, the experiences, the displays, the exclusives. I mean, 
it is pretty cool. They have like a literal machine there that makes bricks in front of you. So you can watch the process of bricks being made. And as the bricks like work around this big machine, it drops them in a bucket and you can like pick up poly bag of the bricks you just watched being made. That's just the coolest thing ever. Did you get your, uh, your six red bricks? I did, and my card is off camera, but uh, oh. you're one of how very, many? <laughs> uh, one of like a billion, you know. <laughs> that's um, that's to tell awesome. me there was nobody like me, but apparently I'm one in a billion, 700 million, <laughs> whatever the combination is. But uh, eventually there'll be another one. Eventually there will. <laughs> there will. And it's funny because like the shape that it said I am felt like my spirit animal in a way. So it's like I always knew. I was this Lego combination. For those that don't know, like there's a computer you can plug in there and it tells you uh, what combination of bricks you are. Cause like there's like over a billion combinations that you can do with like just six two by four bricks. So it like prints off this like little card that tells you which one you are. So this is like Mm -hmm. bottom, bottom of the iceberg Lego humor we're making right here. But (laughs) (laughs) it was a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely a recommended trip. I mean, going to the lighthouse is something that I, it's definitely on the bucket list of things to do. I think a lot of people, especially in the community, would definitely appreciate going to that place, let alone, you know, an inside tour, if they can get there or if they can get to the uh, the ideas house. I mean, that's another thing that'd be really cool. Um, but it's good that you got to see that. But not only that, you got to like interview Lego designers. I did. Oh, I nice. did. I got to interview uh, quite a few teams. Uh I got to interview Mark Stafford, who's one of my just all-time favorite Lego designers. Of course, he's on the Superheroes team now. Um, His most recent design being the Black Panther bust, but he did the Daily Bugle last year. Uh, He did the Wonder Woman 1984 set. He did the Spider-Man No Way Home like Sanctum Workshop set. Um, He's done quite a few sets, but I mean, he's been a Lego designer for like close to 20 years. So he's done so many sets like if you look at brick set at like his design sets, he's done so many that were like cornerstone sets for me that like I remember being highlights of my childhood. So it was definitely very cool to sit down with him for 30 minutes and really hear his perspective on designing superhero sets. And if you're listening to this interview here and you have any interest in that whatsoever, I really think that you'll enjoy the interview with Mark because He's such a huge superheroes fan. He's such a huge Lego fan. And I walked away with so much insight as to how these things are made. And I think I kind of got a scoop at the very end about something we're getting next year. So no spoilers here. You got to go watch that video. But it was definitely fun as a Lego fan to sit down with him and get to talk with him. I got to talk with the Star Wars set designers as well, which Shai, I think you'll want to dive into that, which we certainly can. But I also got to talk with Speed Champions and a couple other teams, but I'm going to stop myself here so I don't get myself in any kind of trouble by accidentally saying like one letter too much. But (laughs) I I think I could say all of that pretty safely. Everything I've said so far, we can. All right, cool. Shout out to the Speed Champions team. I think we were talking about them last week also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were. We were. When when, when, uh, one of them was on uh, London London Bridge's stream. So there's a lot of good knowledge in that. Um, but yes, the Star Wars one, 
right yeah. when that video popped up, I was in my office at work, and I'm like, oh, yes, good content for me to listen to while I'm working. I didn't work at all during that entire video. <laughs> I was like so like intrigued by one, you getting away with some of those questions, and then two, like them answering some of them. And uh, there's been like before watching that video, and, and, and I can tell Lego also has a piranha face, so it makes kind of sense that you know, I got to take it with a grain of salt, but. There's been you, you got them to answer a lot of questions that ha, a lot of people in the Lego Star Wars community has kind of like, like, ah, <laughs> why do you do this? Why do you do that? And one of the, like one of the things that I took from that is like, you know, a lot of the times these designers like they have their their hands in a bind from like the beginning before a set is even like start being put together as a design itself. Like you know, budget, um, like you know the thing like we all thought that lego star wars they had like a bigger budget than everybody else but they're like no we just you know this is what we can work with and, and that and that has been kind of mentioned in the past from other you know previous lego employees in like the higher level where you know sometimes um and this wasn't really mentioned in the video but like sometimes like one theme would barter with another theme well they'll be like hey we just spent all of our money on like minifigs can like we need this one piece you guys didn't really spend anything if you guys make that one piece we can give you some of like whatever we make into that inventory. So like that right. type of thing, those kind of constraints are like something that the fans really don't understand, especially when it, you know, like for something that has to be created, like as a product. Yeah. yeah and I think we're in an interesting era, right? Because we're in kind of the social media era, if you will, but it's kind of a relatively new phenomenon in the Lego community that, there are videos and podcasts like this where we can openly talk about it or, you know, channels like mine where I'm able to host an interview and talk like that. Like wind back the clocks 15 or more years ago. And really the only insight you would get is like just written text in an yeah. interview in a magazine or on brick set or something, which is cool by its own right. But what I wanted to do going into these interviews is actually have, cross cameras so you could see how i'm asking the question but you can also see how they're answering it because this isn't like a you know like sniping or like oh i'm trying to be paparazzi and get a scoop but body language and reactions and facial expressions can tell you just as much as the same words that they're saying at the same time so you know if you ask a question and the designer kind of sits up and gets excited about that can't really convey that in like a magazine article or a blog post the same way that you can in a video. And I'm not saying that one is superior or another. I just don't know that there's a ton of content out there in the same vein as what I was given the opportunity to be able to do. Um, and so, you know, aside from the cool answers that we got, I really just love being able to talk with these designers as you know human beings right they're not just people that push buttons and you know this lego set comes out like mark stafford answered one of my long time questions about the fire uh that are in almost every lego superhero set like why are they there and i got to finally ask him that and yeah you could ask him in a you know ask reddit thread or something like that and that would be cool when you get the answer but mark like i did changed his body language and laughed and you know had a shine in his eyes as he got to answer that something that like is important to him too and i didn't know that before i 
ask the question, of course, but the whole point coming full circle is I just love being able to offer to the community something a little tiny bit deeper that we don't normally get to see. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know, just seeing that perspective and the body language and things like that, I think it tells you uh, an extra layer to what they're saying. And it just helps personalize these people that make the product that brings us all together why we're talking, you know, this late at night about Lego. It's like, it's because of what they do and the passion they put into it. And it was just such a huge honor to get to talk with them and immortalize their passion in these videos. And now everybody gets to see it. So. Yeah. And, and one of the good things about those two videos um, or those interviews is that you're doing it in person. It's not like over yeah. a Skype call or something like that. Like you, you actually get to interact with them. Like, face to face so there's a genuine conversation happening between both the both of you or, or or amongst you guys versus just like you know you and i like right now while we're talking like across the country or across the world and stuff like that and there are like you know there's a, there's other content creators that have been able to do the same thing with like with designers but for the most part a lot of them are you know like this it's not yeah. like right interaction where you can get a true conversation like you could literally if you really wanted to just turn off the camera and just talk you know what I yeah, mean? and like you have to really dig around for that kind of video content and Lego hasn't really ever offered it in the way that they did this year because a lot of the designer, you know, interviews, like you said, are like this over Zoom or maybe, you know, an off chance meeting at like Scarebeck or, you know, a convention where it's not necessarily like a sit down, no interruptions, 30 minute, no edits made interview. It, it was definitely a very unique opportunity and I don't know if I'll ever be offered it again, you know, just because I know that they like to invite different communities and whatnot. But I also don't know if Lego will ever offer it again. Maybe for some reason they're like, eh, you know what? It wasn't super successful for us. We're never going to do this again. I don't think that would happen, but you never know. So you have to look at these things as, you know, once in a life opportunities until life proves you otherwise. And um, I just spent a lot of time thinking about how I wanted to approach it and, you know, try to get answers that would be valuable to the community. And uh, I'm really glad to hear that you got some value out of it. And hopefully everybody listening now will go watch them and get the same value. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I definitely, uh, if you guys haven't watched those uh, interviews, definitely take a look at them. Um, there, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to appreciate some of those questions asked. Um, and, and if you, if you, you know, I think it's good that it came from someone within the community as versus like coming from like another media outlet. Um, so that way, you know, it's it's like actual questions that we as a community want to know. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not personally. like you're and you were like not at all aggressive whatsoever. It came from a very like or or, or inquisitorial in any way. It was very like, hey, like <laughs> blah 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 blah. And I think those type of those interactions between the company and the the community is what needs to happen because I feel like there's always been a very negative approach to you know how we've been viewing some of their you know their actions in the past couple months to a year and some change so you know if the, that trust that needs to be built like comes from those type of interactions so I think it's a good thing that you yeah do. well I appreciate that uh and I appreciate you seeing the value in that angle so it, that's not lost on me but um you know I kind of looked at it like okay we can pretty much go in and ask just about anything. I mean, they can say, I don't want to answer that or whatever, but they didn't say like, you absolutely can't ask about this. Except of course, if it was like specifically what's coming out next year, like 
obviously they can't talk about that. It'd be a wasted question, but the, you know, I really thought long and hard about it and being in the space that I am in the Lego content creation side of things. Uh, also just for some added context outside of Lego, I also have a music career and I also own a social media marketing agency where I work primarily with people in the entertainment industry. And I have a team that works for me. So we manage people's pages and then I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and consulting, but that just gives you like a full picture of who I am. And mm -hmm. in all three of those worlds, social psychology and understanding people is super important. Now I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm a sociologist and I know everything about everybody. It's certainly not the case, but just understanding people and motivations and, you know, basic science of dopamine hits and things like that is super important when you're talking with people, particularly in a setting like this, right? So I thought, okay, I can go in and ask, how come we don't get this? How come you guys do this? How come this figure was missing this detail? How come this set came with this when it should have come with this? And I probably could have gotten answers and that's all well and fine. But the approach I wanted to take is, okay, when I was a kid, I thought that working for Lego would be the absolute coolest dream scenario of all time. And, you know, I found my own way to do that. I don't work for Lego. I don't even know that you could say I work with Lego. I mean, maybe the Ambassador Network, but it's kind of neither here nor there. But I thought, okay, these people achieved the dream that I had as a kid to like work at Lego HQ and design sets and things like that. And so the way I crafted my questions and the way I wanted conversation to go was all thinking about what I would have wanted to know as a kid. Now, of course, I worded those questions as a 26-year-old man because that's what I am. But I really wanted to center back to that because, you know, especially in the Lego space, it allows us to kind of unlock and revisit that part of our mind, the unhinged childhood creativity and i wanted the ethos of my questions and conversation to come from that place and so if you watch those interviews um the questions are very passion driven and they're very you know yes i do feel like i was able to get some information out of them regarding sets for next year but i didn't ask them like what are we getting tell me right now when this set's coming out it was more about fans do you think it would make sense for us to get this type of set and then they can't of course confirm anything but they can give their opinion and you know it's just kind of like the conversation we would have here we can't confirm or deny anything we don't know but it's just fun to have those conversations and it just so happens that they actually know the answer but can't give it so i don't know that was my angle though is that i just wanted to go in and have a fun conversation and think, man, if seven-year-old Jonathan was sitting here, what kind of questions would he want to know? And then think, okay, well, all of these people that follow me and are a part of the Lego community will probably want to know those too. So how do I kind of meld those together in a way that can have let us have a fun conversation and open some doors to have discovery on both sides? Um, those were filmed in the campus, correct? They were at the new Lego they don't they actually don't want to call it lego hq or lego headquarters they're like we don't call it that but it's like whole life i've wanted to go to lego headquarters so if you don't want to call it that that's fine but i'm totally calling it lego hq like <laughs> don't care <laughs> you can't 
changed my mind, but it was amazing. Um, it's massive. I think one of the really cool things about uh, Lego HQ is that it's built with like a super open floor plan. Like Claire, you would go nuts with the architecture there because they hired like architect teams to come in and put in their bids for what it was going to be. Yeah. But they said that a lot of the pictures that they got were actually like, you know, kind of corporate buildings and like, here's where this team works and here's where this team works. And they actually threw them all out and they're like, no, we want our headquarters to look like what a kid would build. And so there's like giant floating Lego bricks hanging from the ceiling and it's built in all kinds of weird directions, but it's an open floor plan and nobody has like a dedicated office. So they're actually, they're actually built into what's called neighborhoods. So like the teams work in different neighborhoods and are always mixed matching. So everybody, even at a big company like that with, you know, probably a couple thousand employees, I'd imagine, at least a couple hundred employees. I don't know the actual numbers, but everybody kind of gets to ping pong and uh, get to know each other. So I thought that that was really cool and it's definitely pretty awesome to see. It's massive too. It's absolutely massive. I mean, that's an experience amongst itself to be able to visit the campus. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of videos out there that you can, you know, people can watch if you really want to see what it looks like. So if you if you're genuinely curious, I know, you know, Beyond the Brick did one, um, like an actual like this is what it looks like. So um, that's cool. They actually got to go in as someone who's not an official employer by Lego, which I don't know if it's Comet. So I don't know if it's been done very many times because it's mm -hmm. still a relatively new campus too. I think mm -hmm. it's yeah, only there's a number um, of months old. There's like a bunch of. Um, like DC and then like a bunch of architecture like blogs and stuff that have done like really good analyses on it and stuff but it honestly like not to like poo poo on it um it's not like a revolution to like create neighborhoods and stuff and so I not to like toot my own horn but like I was working in um corporate space planning 10 years ago and that was like the hot thing of the moment where we did that for nike we've done it for like a bunch of different like mozilla a bunch of different tech companies are set up like that and yeah, i don't google know like what that. what google's like, like that. Google i don't like i don't know who started doing it first if it was like in the us or if it was like abroad um i do know that it was a danish firm that did it and, and denmark is huge in architecture like a lot of no pun intended but a lot of the biggest um, fam more, most famous like architecture firms are dangerous, Danish, not dangerous, Danish, one of them being called big. That's why I meant no pun intended. And it, it's awesome. And like, they've been around, they've been like, honestly, like setting the standard for a lot of design since like, you know, the middle of the century. And so it's very cool that you got to go there. I would have like definitely dorked out mostly on the older stuff, but, um, maybe because I'm like over. TI and like office space planning and stuff like that, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. You should see like, like one of the, I think one of the coolest office, if you like office spaces and like, maybe I'm just like writing this a little too far, but I think square did some of the coolest stuff and they were like the first to do it. And it kind of looked like that also like the EPA has like the same um, like circular rotunda that like Lego did. Mm -hmm. And it's really similar to like, you know, the Guggenheim in New York and stuff. It's just kind of like you walk around it and stuff. It's cool. Anyway whatever interesting like we, can talk, we can talk architecture all day I, mean, I would love to walk through the lego house and or the campus with claire now like i need like a critical view on everything actually i'll be like oh this is amazing and then she'll be like yeah no, to be completely I'm, I'm, fair 
house is much more architecturally interesting than the headquarters. So yeah. it's clear that would be awesome if you ever go like, you just need to do a full tour of the Lego house, but just like critique the architecture along the way. That would be so cool. That would Architects be review of the, oh. the Lego house. <laughs> Architects review of the actual Lego That's house. That's a video for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, but I'll be too like particular. I, well, it's, the thing is, is like even I don't know how. I'm curious how much money they spent on it. I'm, I could probably look that up. But yeah, no, I think one billion dollars. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was too easy. Um, all right. Well, we kind of got into it. You're a little bit. You, you kind of mentioned to it, but um, full circle. Let's go into your origin story. So let's go back in time. Like, what got you here today in the Lego world? Yeah, so uh, I was on a high school field trip, and I was taking a picture of this redhead, and the spider came down and bit me right on my hand. No, <laughs> uh, no I mean, I've been collecting Lego my great. whole Too easy. Um, yeah, I've been collecting Lego pretty much my whole life. In fact, my first ever set was this guy right here. Always try to keep it within reach for these interviews. It was the Scorpion Tracker, Johnny Thunder Adventure Ooh, set. Yes. Yep, killer. So that was my first set ever. And um, ever since then, honestly, I've just always been into Lego, like, pretty much my whole life. I had a very brief dark age. Um, and it was around the time I was in like, maybe eighth grade to like halfway through freshman year of high school. Hmm. And it was right around the time that I was thinking like, Oh, yeah, you know, no girl is ever gonna like me if I'm into Lego. Uh, so I just kind of gave it up for the girl scene and then it just got to the point where it's like, you know what? I love Lego so much that whoever the lucky lady is going to be, it's just going to have to learn to live with that. And I've just like quadrupled down on that over the years because my house is like a Lego museum at this point. So it went from like kind of a deal breaker to like personality traits so, <laughs> <laughs> so no but i mean i've always been into lego so that's that side of things but as a content creator um you know so i'm 26 and like i'm young enough that like content creation as a career has definitely been like a conversation but i'm old enough that like you know nobody my age was like what do you want to be when you grow up i want to be a youtuber like that wasn't a thing you know so right. When I was in my freshman year here in Nashville, Tennessee at Belmont University, I took like six or seven Lego figures with me on my dorm room desk. And, uh, you know, story for another time, but I had a super difficult freshman year of college. And my second semester, I ended up having a lot of free time because all of my classes got put on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I had four day weekends for an entire semester way more time than anybody needs to get freshman year homework done. So I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, I can sit around and watch Parks and Rec for the 19th time. <laughs> I can figure out like something to use my time constructively. And at the time, you know, Instagram was still pretty new. So I thought, all right, I'm going to challenge myself to post every single day on Instagram using just these Lego figures. And what I like about this is it's going to force me to use like Lego hashtags. So to like learn inside of a niche, it's also going to limit my creativity in a way that sure. I have Batman, Spider-Man, Doc Ock, whatever. That's all I have. So what can I do with these seven figures? And it's also going to teach me social media, which, you know, is just always going to be a transferable skill, right? It's like 
the world isn't moving backwards as far as digitalization goes. So learning social media is going to be super important. So I challenged myself to post every single day, at least one post and see how long I could go. And March 2023 will be eight years that I've posted every single day on Instagram. Um, So still keeping the streak going. And of course, as social media has evolved, uh, I'm now on TikTok as well, YouTube. So, you know, being in all the hip neighborhoods as Lego HQ would have you do. And uh, yeah, I mean, I still absolutely love it. It's opened so many cool doors in my life, both you know, professionally, of course, as a content creator and getting to do brand partnerships and, you know, these opportunities with Lego, but also stuff like this, like, you know, without Lego and the Lego community, there's no way the four of us would have ever crossed paths, let alone being in our 50-ish minute mark here on the podcast, having a great time talking about something that brings us joy, you know? What else is there out there? Now, I'm not in a ton of other communities, but like I feel like if we worked on motorcycles and like all we did was work on motorcycle engines, we probably wouldn't be sitting here at 10 o'clock Nashville time talking about it on a four person stream. It's just no way. So you're so I, right. <laughs> but I absolutely love that about the Lego community that. It's something that is net positive. It brings a smile to our faces. Look at all of us. I mean, Ninja's been smiling the whole time with those sunglasses on. He hasn't stopped smiling since this started. So I just love that it's a hobby that allows us to spread joy when we want it. And I'll say this about the hobby too. I have yet to have anybody come up with the other alternative. So the thing I love about Lego is, is if you don't, like the set that you buy, it's the only product in the world that you can disassemble it and turn it into something you actually do like. So that's why I come at Lego with such a positive attitude is because like, it's literally the only thing that like the Beatles song, you can take a sad song and make it better. If you don't like it, that's totally fine. Turn it into something you do like. Or of course, maybe the step before that is if you don't like it, then just don't buy it. But you know, we're all addicts and (laughs) we buy everything. So that was lost a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, even if you do like it and you display it, once you're done displaying it, you can build it into something else. Like You can't do that exactly. with like a statue or like a Gundam figure or something. It's, it's just one thing. Well, I suppose you can try, but you're not going to be as successful as sure. Lego. But uh, yeah, you know, it, that's just the thing I love about it. And it's such a cool hobby. It's so unique, too, that like. I'm, yes, there's toxicity in every community. Yes, there's going to be drama. But like compared to other communities, like, you know, I know on some recent episodes, you guys have talked about like the makeup and beauty niches and things like that. Like, you want to talk about drama. That's where it is. It's, it, you know, even the worst drama in the Lego community isn't a fraction of what those communities have. Of course, I'm not knocking them. But the point is, is like, it's just such a cool thing to be a part of and to meet people from all around the world at these conventions and online and stuff. Just who would want to live life any other way? I love it. Right. I, I feel the same way. Cause it's just like you said before, it's just so interesting how many different, like what would you say? Like lifestyles, basically like just so many yeah, different I mean, people. It's like, dang, look I can't at the four of us, Lego, all so. completely different industries, completely different interests. Exactly. I bet if you put our Spotify on right now, the first five songs that come up are completely different because we're all wildly different people. But we've been talking about Lego for an it's hour because it's yeah. so effortless and fun and it's something that unites us. And I just can't think of two terribly many other hobbies 
that can do that. I, I just love it. It's so fun. So true. Wow. Way to like make a positive episode positive. <laughs> That's what I do, man. That's what I do. I've been through some tough stuff in my life and it just kind of gives you a perspective shift of like, well, you know, if I'm up for this many hours of the day and I can put my energy out any way I choose, if I want to be positive today, I can. If I want to be negative today, I can. If I want to be happy today, sad today, whatever. And of course, world events, family events, things are going to change. I don't want to pretend like, you know, every day is just the best thing ever. Like I'm <laughs> Emmett from the first Lego movie because it's certainly not the case. Sometimes I'm Rex Danger Vest. In fact, I'm always Rex Danger Vest with the hair. <laughs> but I, I can dig it. But the the point is, choose who we want to be every day when we get up and let our feet hit the floor. And, you know, I realize that there's a lot of particularly young people that watch me, and I don't want them to walk away from content that I put out feeling anything other than uh, mobilized to be the, their best self, whether that's through building or, you know, sharing a Lego set with somebody. Um, I just realize if I could say so with great power comes great responsibility and I'd never want to be a bad steward of the, um, you know, following that I've been so grateful to amass over the years. I just always want people to walk away from one of my videos or an Instagram post feeling like they're a little bit better off for having seen it. Wow. That's so good. <laughs> Once so again, good. I'm, in, I'm in a position where I don't know how to continue from that. Cause that's just, <laughs> <laughs> well thanks i certainly don't mean to you know make it like that but it's true you know it's like even what you guys do too is like you know giving us content creators a platform to come and talk in ways that you know we may not get to when we review the dunder mifflin set you know it's like <laughs> i don't get to show this side of my personality through that but i can at least show positive energy and positive intentions behind those things so um you know, in a certain sense, it's awesome that you guys do this and, you know, give content creators like myself and all the other cool cats you've had on an opportunity to show different sides of ourselves, but also mm -hmm. you guys as content creators, you know, people get to know you guys differently through this than they do through your main channels. And um, I just love the initiative you guys have taken and it's awesome. It's awesome to watch unfold. Thank you. Yeah. It's also awesome that like, you know, I could probably everybody is like different in their own right when you meet them in person or like when you see them and stuff, but you are very much um, who you portray. Like when, you know, even though like we haven't spent that much time together, but the few times that we've met in person and gotten like, you know, a great opportunity to chat and stuff, it is the same vibe um, that you like portray and like the same energy and stuff that's online, which is like, it's kind of refreshing to see that because something, there is something inherently like, that people are going to react to when it comes to positivity. Like a lot of people are like, they will like react to it because they themselves are usually internally negative. And so they, it's like a, it's like, it's literally like a harder pill to swallow. And it's like misery loves company is like easiest, you know, is, is it, it, that couldn't be a truer statement. And so Definitely. I think that like, it's, it's almost like you're fighting a harder fight, especially in social media. Like if you're like trying and like, I feel like Emily also does this too, where it's like, this is supposed to be a positive space, like where people come and like have a good time. And it's so much easier online now to be like negative. And it's not a bad thing. Those spaces need to exist. People need both outlets yeah. and it's nice that it's there. And it's nice that even in as small as a Lego community, 
is we have the options. We have spaces where we can go and get angry. We have spaces where we can listen to nonsensical talk about God knows what. We have spaces where people, I'm confused if they're literate or not. You know, we have spaces where there's like positivity. We have spaces where I'm confused if they know how camera works. Everything exists where we are. And now we have YouTubers that are, that are, that are breaking the glass ceiling that we thought we had on Lego, which is so cool to see, you know, there was, there's creators that were storytellers that like came in and like started using Lego as a medium. And then now we have like teenagers that are like making, I don't even want to know how much money on YouTube. And it's so, it's good that that's happening. Because, even, yeah, I agree. Even mm -hmm. just builders becoming designers also. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. There's, and it's so, it, it's interesting. And like, even in the few short years that like I've been part of this community, it's changed so much and like talking to a lot of people that have been here since day one and we talked to Dabo like a few weeks ago and it's just I can only imagine yeah, he's, what it's like. he's been here for a long time and he's been I, here for a long time yeah you know and I know Ryan's been here for a while too and like I haven't necessarily been on the YouTube side of things for a while but mm -hmm. I've been in the game since 2015 and it's mm -hmm. been kind of like crazy to like watch followers of mine like age out of lego and then age back into it or yeah. like you know this hasn't necessarily happened yet but i can see the writing on the wall that like you know somebody that followed me back in 2015 like conceivably could have a kid in the next several years that then the kid follows me Oh because, yeah, like their mom or dad are like, oh yeah, I used to watch that guy on YouTube all those years ago. Because I have no intentions of stopping like anytime soon. So like, I have thought about that before. That like, it could be a generational thing. Like, I could be like, so I turn twenty seven next week. So I could be thirty seven in ten years from now, and a kid that's watching me is watching me because their parent used to watch me all those years ago. It's just mind blowing to me. It's crazy to think about. You brought up a really good point, though. There is, um, with Lego, I think more so than other social media fields, there is, like, an age-out factor. And actually, Stans and I were talking about it recently. And you see it, like, if you look at, like, Ryan's followers and stuff, you know, he's got this huge sub count that keeps growing and growing and growing. But, like, his view count doesn't it doesn't 100% reflect that exactly. There's still excellent views, but it's not, like, a brand-new channel that just shot up, you know, like generic or whatever, like all these, it's, it's a different, there's like a different ratio and there's also a different, um, there's almost like a different um, rubric or what, like that needs to be like, he needs to be graded on a different scale. You know what I mean? If you're going right. to grade best with views to subscribers. It's almost like a different tax bracket. Exactly. Exactly. It's definitely, it's, there's, it's a different, it's a different product and it's a different growth and it's with social media and stuff. That's like something that we never would have thought of because it hadn't been around for so long. But now with this like age out factor, it's and and aging back in people are, it, it, it is happening, but it's not at the same rate as the age out, right? The age out is let, let's say like, you know, a hundred people age out, you probably get you know, you don't get a hundred people to age back in. You'll get 50. Yeah. Let's say. I don't but know. Making numbers, so, some, but I don't know. I think the thing that's been interesting for me, like being in the game long enough is like mm -hmm. when I started my account, I ran it anonymously for the first several years. Like nobody mm -hmm. knew who ran it. And even like a lot of people in my personal life didn't know that I, you know, was at the time Lego superheroes today. I rebranded to many superheroes today, but uh, many years ago, like, 
so many years ago that it was like kind of before I started gaining some traction like on YouTube and stuff. So anyways, doesn't, doesn't really matter. The whole point is, um, interesting to watch people in my personal life that like when they heard about it, were like, wait, what do you do to like come back around and be like, so like, get me like a hookup, like any kind of discounts or anything, or like you got any sets you don't want anymore kind of thing. And it's like, like blow me off about this years ago like (laughs) you know crazy in fact it's crazy like a girl that for a little bit just kind of fizzled like came back around (laughs) about lego stuff as it like kind of blew up and i'm like you made bad comments about this back in the day like why do you think i'm gonna like have a change of heart all these years later it's like no no it's all good, but it, it's just been fun to watch the evolution, you know, basically since like, you know, 2020 and the lockdown and everybody getting back into building, like there's just a complete perspective shift. And even Lego acknowledges that too, with like the adults welcome branding and everything. It's like, they know their audience, you know, the Black Panther bust, which is just barely out of, um, you know, out of view from here. Like that's it couldn't have come out in 2017 when the Black Panther movie came out because there wasn't like demand for Lego in that capacity back then, but there is now, and so it's at Lego stores, then you can go buy it right now. It's crazy. Well, I think we've we've gotten to the, the needy and greedy of, of your origin story. Um, you, you what? did needy and greedy, needy and gritty, gritty. Sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> gritty. I'm tired too. Okay, it's been a long day, you know. <laughs> This does not sound like English was your first language. I can. I, I just know. I'm sorry. My bad. I'm sorry. I forgot <laughs> I was going to say, Claire. Sorry, sorry. Clip that. Sorry. You were wrapping it up really eloquently with your needy and greedy. My kids are needy and greedy right now. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. really, really, <laughs> they, okay. All they want to do is like want everything to destroy. And I'm at a restaurant earlier and they were really running a mock that I couldn't control. So oh, I'm. Man, that's always <laughs> fun. Um, no, 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 no. But you did get philosophical there and it was great. And once again, I'm like lost for words and how to continue from that like last 15 minutes of conversation because it was really, really good. So we, we appreciate you for like coming on here and saying a lot of that, um, especially, you know, we got to see a little bit of realism um, behind the creator. You've grown significantly like within the past, what, year, two years that it's it, it's something to be mentioned. So great job on that. Thank you for the interviews for the live community. Thank you for being a, being a positive person. <laughs> I, I need that more it, now than I did ever. So. It's my pleasure and uh, not planning on stopping anytime soon. And guys, thank you so much again for having me on tonight. Uh, like I said, you know, I love what you guys do and providing different perspectives for the community here. And uh, it's an honor to be in the guest seat tonight. Although this is the same seat I sit in for all my videos. This one's just a little more special. So I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you here <laughs> with, <laughs> with that being said um i think we'll roll that music all right guys have a good one peace there we go that's what we're here for baby let's do it <laughs> thank you i hope you enjoyed that